Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. You're listening to The Source with Andrea Lawful Sanders on Word Radio. Streaming live on wordradio.com and the Word Radio app. Adrian G. Whaley is an educator and history lover who currently serves as Director of Education and Community Engagement at the Museum of the American Revolution. Um, and uh, Hannah Betcher is the Special Programs Producer at the Museum of the American Revolution, where she manages public programs and special events, including conferences, concerts, and the annual Read the Revolution Speaker Series. Uh, today, we're going to talk about... Washington's War Tent, um, uh, the museum exhibit Washington War's Tent, which displays George Washington's original sleeping and office tent from the Revolutionary War. They will also talk about how an enslaved woman, Selena Gray, helped preserve the tent during the Civil War. Good morning to the both of you and welcome to The Source. Good morning. So tell me about this tent. And <laughs> boy. And how you all preserved it and and why it's a big thing in history today. Absolutely. Okay, so step back in time. Imagine that we are in the Revolutionary War and we don't have any of the accoutrement that you think of today in terms of military weapons or any of the stuff that goes along with that. Now, you've got this early Continental Army, and at the head of it, you've got George Washington. And he knows that he is going to have to travel with his men, with his soldiers. He's going to have to be in the field with them day after day and night after night. So he needs to have a set of tents made, right? He's going to need a sleeping and office tent. He's going to need a dining tent, plus a whole bunch of other stuff to go with it. So he orders a set of tents, right? And We don't know what happens to the first sleeping in office tent. He orders it in like 1776. Uh, He gets it from um, a gentleman named Plunkett Fleeson, who's an upholsterer. By the way, that is one of the best names I've ever heard of from the revolutionary era, Plunkett Fleeson. (laughs) But we know that this first sleeping in office tent, it does not survive by the time we get around to like 1777, 1778. So George Washington has to order another sleeping in office tent. That tent from the Revolutionary War is in the museum's collection today. How? How? Who preserved it? What? What in the? <laughs> <laughs> so this, this is the story. This is exactly what we're digging into with their new exhibit. Um, the um, Washington's Tent, the Unlikely Travels um or Witness Revolution, The Unlikely Travels of Washington's Tent. So we've got this opportunity to see not just what happens to the tent over the course of the Revolutionary War, but also how at different points in time over the course of American history, the tent is preserved, the tent is seen by many different people, the tent travels all across the early United States of America and lives this crazy life. Part of the story of that tent is actually during the Civil War when a Black woman named Selena Gray helps to save that tent from probably destruction or looting by Union Army soldiers. So that's a part of the story that we're going to tell is how this woman who is enslaved by a step grandson of George Washington, who becomes his adopted son, and then ends up owned by, in a shocker twist of this story, Robert E. Lee. How no, this, the Robert E. Lee? The, the one in Virginia Robert where e. they tore down his statue? That Robert E. Lee? 
<laughs> this Robert E. Lee, somehow oh. a woman named Selena Gray, who is owned by this family with these crazy lineages, the Custis family, the Lee family, right? The Washington family, all of these connections. She ends up helping to save Washington's tent. But that's only a part of her story. Because she's this well-rounded woman who has this big life, who has this big community, and who has a story that deserves to be explored. So I don't know. Maybe I can pass it over to Hannah to share a little bit more. Uh, Hannah, I'm stupefied. I, so first of all, <laughs> I want to know what this. I want to know what this tent is made out of. 1776 oh. to 2024. This tent has had 455 lives, literally, <laughs> right? From that time to now, how did they preserve it to this place? Well, it's just a big piece of linen, but it's very heavy. So it's one of the objects that the Washington family knew had some significance, but you know, it's not a piece of China. It's not sparkly. <laughs> it's a useful thing. So we at the museum think it's super interesting. It's our biggest artifact. It has its own film experience um, that this story, like Selena Gray's story, is part of. She's one of the key people that can link it back to the Washington family because she knows that this is something that is worth saving. It's just it's a they call it a relic that's worth keeping around just like anything else. Um, but we think of it as, you know, a big piece of linen that has seen a lot. Right. <laughs> so objects come to life. But um, do you set the tent up. Do you set it up so that they can see what reenact the tent so they can see what it looks like? Well, that we have the tent that is in the museum. It is safe under lighting conditions and it's set up so that there's no stress on it, that it can keep living forever, just as everyone intended. But we also have a stunt double tent that we get to set up for fun. Okay. And Adrian okay. takes that out on the road with her team. So. Oh, awesome. So this exhibit that's happening um can you give them the address to the uh, American uh, War Museum? Uh, the, the, the museum. The Where Museum of the American Revolution. The, um, thank mm -hmm. you. The Museum of the American Revolution. I'm still hungry. It's six <laughs> o'clock in the morning. Museum <laughs> of American Revolution. Where is it located? Yes, you all should come and visit us at Third and Chestnut Streets. This museum's exhibit. I, I keep passing that museum and saying I want to go and see it. <laughs> Ah, okay. You have to come hang out with us. This exhibit okay. is going to open President's Day weekend. So come visit us on that Saturday. Mm -hmm. And then the exhibit will be up actually all the way through January of 2025. Really? So you all have plenty of time to come and visit it. But I recommend come early and then come multiple times because you're one going to come bring your family. You're going to want to bring your friends, bring all the littles that you know, right? There's interactive opportunities for learning throughout the exhibits. We've got amazing visitor engagement associates who are there to engage you in conversation, answer all of your questions. We'll have daily programs going on. So you're going to want to come more than once, especially since some of the objects in this exhibit, we're bringing them back together for the first time since either the revolution war or the civil war so it's it's pretty amazing it's a great place to geek out adrian i have to ask you this what is, you you have a love of history do you hear her hannah oh yeah <laughs> this happened and that happened. where did your love of history come from 
Oh, man. So I was born and raised in Philadelphia. So part of it is probably just the fact that I've been in this historic city basically all my life. I will give a lot of the credit to my parents because there were always lots of books around. And I really love to read historical fiction and kind of have the past come to life. But I'm going to tell you, a lot of credit actually goes to the high school that I went to. I attended Masterman. And we had this amazing project called the Cemetery Project, where we had to go out to the Woodland Cemetery right by the trolley um, sort of where you transition underground at 40th and Woodland. And we had to go to the cemetery and we had to select a tombstone and we had to research the person's life of the person that was on that tombstone throughout the different repositories in Philadelphia. And if you combine doing that kind of a project with reading Toni Morrison's Song of Solomon at the Mm -hmm. same time, where Mm -hmm. someone is discovering the story of his family throughout this fictional book, putting those two things together has turned me into a historian, a historical educator, and a genealogist. So I get to live my love of history every day. You could be a great spokesperson for the Philadelphia School District. Just what you <laughs> described, you know, we hear all the horrible things that happen in the Philadelphia School. We never talk about the goodness that comes from it. Uh, Hannah, were you born and raised in Philly, too? Um, in the suburbs, so I wouldn't say so. <laughs> okay. What yep. suburbs were you born and raised in? Paoli, not, Paoli. not. Oh, you were out there, honey. <laughs> <laughs> the end of the line. <laughs> really at the end of the line. Yes, yep, ma'am. Yep. Yes, ma'am. So if family wants to bring their children to this museum or school districts, you know, is there a cost for all of this for them to attend? You know, where do they go to get all that information? Absolutely. So number one, you can go to our website, which is www.amrevmuseum.org to get all the info you want. But number one, we have an amazing scholarship program. We've got a lot of wonderful, generous donors, which means that Title I schools, as long as we have funds remaining, those schools are able to get scholarship funds for their students to visit at no cost. Right. So that basically is the entire school district of Philadelphia. And then we have lots of different discount programs for other folks to be able to get into the museum. One of the ones that's near and dear to my heart is our Pico Family Membership Program. So it's underwritten by Pico. And all you have to do is bring your access card to the front desk of the museum. And you are able to get a full service family membership at no cost with all of the same benefits that someone who pays for family membership would be able to get. Mm -hmm. I'm impressed. (laughs) We believe that access is important, right? There are so many people who have not seen themselves as museum people or have not expected to find their stories in the story of the American Revolution. And we don't think that's acceptable. We think that everyone should be able to find themselves. We believe that this story is for everyone. We believe that a more diverse story is a more accurate story. We're trying to change lives through history every day. So we want as many people as possible to come out to our institution. This this is absolutely. So I need you to let the folks at the Museum of the American Revolution know that you two are absolutely wonderful and you're the best spokespersons. Uh, Well, thank you for having us on your show. Yeah. You know, what you've just done is given access to all, not just to some. And that is important. And, you know, in, in our daily walk, in our daily work, because you're right, there's so much history right here in Philadelphia. I went to the Barnes Foundation, the Bounds. Uh, woo! 
I said, well, black Jesus, <laughs> so much going on over there. There's so yes. many. I went to visit the Jewish Museum. Um, yes. So much was going on there. Uh, you know, the African-American Museum, you know, I really would like them to put more exhibits and stuff. There's so much art, so many artifacts and pieces of history that could be a part of that museum. They are moving, but there's so much history here. And I always, when I'm in Philadelphia, in Center City, see all the tourists visiting all the things and I'm going, well, where are we? But what you have essentially done at your museum is make act, create access for all. And I love that. Tell them, I say you. you've done a wonderful job of representing your, your museum and that you've now stoked the fires and, and, and uh, got people more intrigued like myself to go visit the museum that I pass all the time. Well, thank you. We always love your energy and appreciate the enthusiasm that you give right back to us. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Philadelphia School District, somebody call Adrian, please. Because the way she just described Masterman and what she did at the cemetery and then reading Tony Morrison's book, Hunty, that needs to be a commercial, right? And we have to figure out how to navigate through this so that we can talk about the brilliant things. And Hannah, honey, let's talk about peyote too, because listen, oh. we're all a part of this. And I'm grateful to see the both of you here working together. It was a pleasure interviewing the both of you. Thank have you a so good much. Day, okay? You're welcome, my sisters. You're welcome. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was so good. So if you, again, they have Title One, uh, if you're a Title One schools, there's a Pew membership program that gives you full access to the museum. If you want to come, uh, Pico, there's a Pico, uh, uh, Pico membership program. Is that what that is? Mm-hmm. Pico membership program where you can, you can walk in with your access card and get full service for a family membership, full family membership that'll give you all the services for as for someone who has paid, right? And so they're taking away the barriers that would not allow you to walk into the museum. So that's a beautiful thing. And then you get to meet these two beautiful people. Can cannot lose with that. Cannot. Is there a phone number that people can call if they need to? Ooh, that's a great question. The best way to reach us is via our website or find us on social media because we're basically everywhere. Just look for at Am Rev Museum. At Rev. So in on in, in this radio show, we have a lot of um, I call them seasoned citizens who want to come and visit and bring their grandchildren who are not accessing online. So what I want you to do, either Adrian or Hannah or both, send the phone number. Uh, f- figure out the phone number where you can call. Send it to us, and then we will we'll put it on the air. Okay. Sounds All right. amazing. Thank you, my darlings. Have a good Thanks. day. Thank you so much. All right. Bye bye. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com.